Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Psalm chapter 47. This is a psalm written by the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah, if you remember, were people that David had put in charge of beefing up the temple worship service. They were writing songs. They were organizing singers. And they were creating an overall environment of thankfulness. And a lot of their worship was centered around the Ark of the Covenant and the temple worship. This psalm is a classic example of one of their psalms. Now, there's some striking things in this psalm. And we really need to go back and think about the Hebrew frame of mind. We've got to go back and, as I've said many times, channel our ancient Hebrew person. And think like they were thinking. And once we understand what was in their mind, what was in their heart, we'll understand this psalm. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 1 because this psalm is about one specific subject. We go to Genesis chapter 1, we realize God created a good creation. Man had peace with God. Everything was wonderful. Sin enters the human condition through the disobedience of Adam. And because of that, he and his wife are expelled from the garden. They are going put into exile, basically, away from God's presence, away from the life-giving tree of life. Things spiral out of control. Cain kills Abel. And then we see Lamech and others come upon the scene and sin just goes like an uncontrollable viral disease throughout humanity. We fall and fall until we fall to a flood. God has to come to some type of decision point with mankind. And so he sends the flood to deal with this rampant sin. One family is saved from the flood. They come off the ark after the flood. They start to repopulate the earth. They're given the same mandate, basically, Adam and Eve were given back in the garden. The earth starts to repopulate, but instead of people spreading out upon the face of creation, they congregate in one place. They stay in a place called the Tower, or in a place called Babel, and they start to build this great tower, which we call the Tower of Babel. Think, Think of Babylon. That may help a little bit. Similar language here. And they build this, this temple that's going to go up before the Lord. Now, many scholars look at this and think maybe they're trying to recreate the holy mountain of Eden. Eden was on a mountain and God's presence was on a mountain. So they're going to build their own mountain and do it their way. They're going to make a name for themselves. It's interesting when you think about that, that way of thinking. God sees this disobedience and he scatters the nations at this point. So that's Genesis chapter 11. What's going to happen? We've already had the flood. That didn't work. Sin has taken over again. Man has been scattered and their languages have been scattered. What will God do? And the answer is Genesis 12. Genesis 12, we get the call of Abraham. God tells Abraham, hey, I'm going to make from you a great nation. We know that's going to become Israel. And we are told something interesting, that through Israel, all the nations will be blessed. There's this idea that somehow the nation of Israel would bring about a worldwide blessing, that this fracture of the nations one day will be healed, that God will bring us back to this Eden situation where God would be the king and ruler over all people, not just Israel. All of humankind would come under the lordship of Yahweh, the God of Israel. So this psalm is looking forward to that time. Now, by the time of Jesus, that belief had become very robust. I'm actually taking a class on this right now, so this is all in my head. What the Jews hoped for was something like this, that there was this future coming 
And in this future, the Jewish people would no longer be subjugated to the Gentile nations, what they called the Goyim in Hebrew, the nations. They would no longer be subjected to the Goyim, the the nations around them. They would be triumphant. Messiah would come and lead that triumph. And then right there with the Messiah would come the resurrection of the dead also. So there would be this great time of resurrection and national renewal. And this would be when you would get what some would call like the new heavens, the new earth. Now, this is a very nuanced view in Judaism. There's a lot of different versions of this. But basically, the future was this in a nutshell. Messiah would come. Messiah would, in some way, uh, subjugate the nations. God would be enthroned because of Messiah. Uh, So the God of Israel would become the God of the universe, the God over every nation. There would be this ingathering, this coming together of all people before God, and there would be a resurrection from the dead. And I'm not talking about some type of Casper the Friendly Ghost spiritual resurrection, but bodily resurrection. And that was the basic Jewish hope. That's called the world to come. They call it the Olam Haba, the world to come. And that was their belief. This is in the background of this psalm. So as you read it, I want you to hear the psalm in light of that. So there's a lot of background just to get to a pretty short psalm. But let's read and, and go through. And we'll have a little bit of commentary too on the psalm. This is Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather, and the people of the God of Abraham for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. So you'll notice that, that God is going to be sovereign over the nations. Now, one thing's really interesting, verse 1 of chapter 47, uh, is a, a verse that I think we've misunderstood, and I laugh a little bit because you go to a lot of youth functions, and there's a, a song that kids sing, you know, clap your hands, all you peoples, and everybody claps their hands. Probably what's going on in this, and this is debated, but Really good Hebrew scholars have looked at this verse, and this clap your hands phrase is not the typical clapping of hands that you would do out of joy. This is something different. All you peoples, this is an expression that was used in Hebrew to uh, denote people that clasped hands together. This is the hitting of hands of two different people. So they're being commanded, the different nations, to clasp their hands together, to hit their hands together in recognition that Yahweh is now their God. So if you really want to be literal with this passage, you would have. People, I guess, what we would call giving each other five. I don't know, but I kind of laugh at that a little bit because that's a, a misunderstanding that we have in our modern context. It's not like you clapping your hands together. This would be two different people clapping their hands together in agreement that Yahweh is king. So as we look through this, we see that God is going to be exalted over all the nations. Now, I know we don't want to get really technical in this podcast, but there's a play on words going on here. And I don't know if it's called a play on words, but a switching up of words, where in some places the, the word for nations is amin, which is more of a benign word for nations, like pre-Tower of Babel, just all the people of the earth. Then there's the word goyim, which is the name given for the separation of those nations that are not Jews, that are outside of the nation of Israel. So there's places in this psalm where whenever you see this this idea of Yahweh being king, it's that more benign term. 
all people will come together one day under the reign of the God of Israel. Now, we know as Christians, as we think about this psalm, we can sing this psalm with confidence because we know that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that promise made to Abraham, that through all the nations of the earth, uh, there would be a blessing. And we know that Jesus brought about that worldwide blessing. We think about the Great Commission, go into all the nations, Jesus being the son of Abraham. He is the fulfillment of this promise. He is the Messiah. And what really blows your mind is, when Jesus was raised from the dead as the Messiah, something changed in this Jewish belief. Because the Jews believed when Messiah came, resurrection would occur for all people. And what Jesus did is he gave us an advanced sign of a future age to come. When he was raised from the dead, the clock is ticking for all of us that one day we will be raised. So Jesus is that Messiah they were waiting on. And here's the cool part. He is also also the Lord. He is also God in flesh. So in the reign of Jesus, we get the reign of Yahweh. Now that's mind-blowing. And I'm sure that had to be mind-blowing for Jews as they were reading back in their scripture through the lens of Jesus Christ going, wait a minute, this is how it always had to be. God would reign through this one Messiah. Because that was a question. How would God reign? What, what would be the role of the Messiah? How would this work out? What about the resurrection? How is that going to work? And Jesus puts all these pieces of the puzzle together in Judaism and answers all these hopes. So I hope this background and, and talk has helped you understand this beautiful psalm. And as you read it now, it'll have fuller meaning as you understand what was going on in the background. And the cool part is we know the full story as Christians. We know how God is going to fulfill this promise here in this psalm. Well, I hope you have a great day. I hope you join us back tomorrow as we jump into Mark chapter 5.